Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Get More Success. Today, I'm really excited to have Andrew Larkham joining me. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Warwick. Hey, now today, you're going to talk to us a bit about successful leasing, some of the issues associated with it uh, and some of the misconceptions that I did, that kind of stuff. But, you know, my question is nearly always first up front. Who are you to be talking to us about leasing? Why should we talk to you about leasing? Well, Warwick, I guess first of all I want to say that everyone makes the mistake of calling it leasing. It's actually asset finance. Okay. So we're here to talk about asset financing. But everyone does call it leasing, so we can... So, so what's the difference between asset financing and leasing? Is that because sometimes you lease it, sometimes you're financing it through other terminology? I guess leasing is the old, old way of doing things, and now there's different and better products... Um, and that's why they we call it asset finance because we're financing assets. Okay, great, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, so who are you to be talking to us about asset financing? Yes, to answer that question. Well, I, I guess uh, I've been in banking and finance all my adult life. Left school at seventeen and a half, went straight into the bank, and uh, have been self-employed finance broker for the last fifteen years. Right. So, you know, I've done a few. <laughs> yeah, you've, we were talking earlier and you said that in terms of financing you've done, uh, how, how many dollars worth of financing have you done? Oh, half a bil- over half a billion dollars worth of finance? Yeah, it's scary, isn't it? That is sensational to, yeah. have, to have written over half a billion dollars worth of finance. So, um, and, and obviously writing that much finance brings experience and so you know what some of the traps are. Yeah. Cool. And... Um, and as you said, you know, what used to be leasing, we're now talking about asset financing. So obviously things have changed. So how do you stay up to date with what some of the different changes are in the finance world? Well, we're all required now to um, have continuing uh, professional development hours, which really means we, I read a lot of, uh, uh, I read a lot of industry magazines and keep up to date with things like that. But also the lenders put on uh, days where we attend and they keep us up to date with what's happening. Right. So you, you're constantly in contact with the industry and what's going on, both from the providers uh, and also from your professional associations exactly. as to what is appropriate and what you need. You said it much better than I <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough too. Hey, okay, so when we're talking about asset financing, um, it, it used to be, you know, and I think Novated Leasing is one that we can talk about for a sec, Everyone was like, oh, get a Novad at least, get a Novad at least. But then there was all this, you know, I had friends going, oh, I really need to put kilometres on my car. Do you want to drive it to Sydney and back for me? So there were some real hidden issues when it comes to financing. So what are, what are some of the issues around asset financing that people need to be aware of? Well, it depends on the product that comes with it. Uh, novated leasing is when you're working for an employer and, the, and yes, you, you get a Novad at least, you get a new car. But if you happen to leave that uh, employer, then the responsibility of uh, paying that lease comes on you. Whereas right. previously, while you're working there, it's usually paid out of your pay yep. prior to tax being taken out. Right. So it's quite tax effective whilst you're working for that employer. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that you really need to uh, 
take care about. Yep. Other things, uh, as you mentioned, some products uh, these days not too too often these products are used, but those products that do uh, have a kilometre uh, usage rate, you have to do X amount, and if you don't do X amount, then they're saying it's not not actually uh, viable as that product. Right. It's sort of a um, a tax tax situation because because that was the other thing with fringe benefits all of a sudden there was fringe benefit tax issues that came with the novated leasing um as well as uh talking about some of the um uh the timing issues and the amount of utilization that you had regarding using of, of, of a vehicle for example so uh, and we've talked about you know novated leasing because that's obviously for cars yep so what are some of the other issues that happen with that asset financing um, and, and particularly with cars because like, balloon payments are an also an issue as well? Balloon pa- yeah, it's, uh, balloon payments are, so, uh, are misunderstood a lot. Mm. Uh, most people, let's say they buy a $60,000 car and they have a $20,000 balloon. Most people think that they're paying interest on 40000 Well, they're actually paying the principal payments on 40,000 but they're paying interest over the whole 60,000 yeah. so because that payment still needs to be made right and then at the end a lot of people think that they have to make that payment of 20,000 using that example at the end of the term but that's we can actually refinance that out again and usually the payments are a lot less than what you've been paying because you know you've been paying it on 40,000 now you're only going to be paying on yeah. 20 okay so it's not a and, and and I've heard of some people expecting a balloon to be a certain amount, go to trade the car in, and in fact it's worth less than the balloon amount, so they owe a bit more. Well, that can that can occur uh, when you try and trade in before the end of your term of the. Oh, okay. So if you've got a, uh, let's say you got a sixty month term with a balloon payment, and you know you're forty eight months into that contract, and then you want to go and uh, trade your car in. Well, then you've still got twelve months to go of that contract. So you've the the lender's obviously going to charge you something for that time that you haven't had that contract. Yeah. With them. Yep. So what about um, other forms of financing? What are some of the other issues when it comes to financing non-car kind of assets? Well, the the biggest problem uh, we have is identifying the assets. So uh, when you have, we can finance software, for example. Mm-hmm. But that's very hard to do. And the reason for that is that most lenders want to know that they can identify that asset. It should the the borrower, the, the client, not be able to make those payments. They want to be able to come and repossess those goods. Right. So it's very hard to do with software. <laughs> yeah, with the, particularly if it's a software license that you're using across multiple computers throughout multiple <laughs> yeah. areas. Yeah. So, um, but things like... Um, uh, I guess aeroplanes, they're, they're hard to finance because usually uh, lenders don't like them because they're, they're hard to, uh, to on-sell. Right. So um, there are a couple of lenders that, that will actually do them quite well. Mm-hmm. But then if, if, we're, if it's a private sale, so it's not going through a, a some sort of dealer, then uh, us as the broker, we have to go and identify those goods so we have to inspect the plane. We have to take photos. We have to um, have a look at, at the serial numbers and so forth, whatever identifying numbers there are. I can't remember for, for now. But um, 
the lender just needs to make sure that they're actually financing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, so there has to be an actual asset. Essentially, it's the security, yeah? It's typically right. the asset used as the security. That's right. Um, and that would be the same for if you're running a big factory and you need to be, I don't know, printing press or a, man, or a production line, you'd be looking for serial numbers and proof of the actual asset. Exactly. Okay. If it comes from a, uh, a, a supplier, mm. a registered supplier, then, then it's not usually a big issue because they'll have serial numbers it'll be on the invoice and uh you know this as long as the lender's happy with the supplier Mm -hmm. um, then everything will be fine right what about um so that's great if it's a brand new from a supplier what about secondhand goods because because nowadays you know for example jet planes to buy a brand new one might cost you i don't don't have no idea with multiple millions of dollars Mm. and obviously one that's three or four years old is going to be just as good, but a whole lot cheaper. Could be the same for production plants. One of the clients I worked with was Uncle Toby's, and they bought a secondhand oven um, to make their Vitabrits in. Yep. So, how much more of a challenge is it to finance uh, secondhand goods? Secondhand goods, it depends on the goods. As you as you mentioned, some are just as good, yeah, uh, secondhand as they were when they were brand new. Um, but uh, yeah, just. It's, it's totally dependent on the type of goods. Right. So it's going to be about uh, justifying the value of, of that product and making sure that, that when you're leasing it, you're not overinflating the price. That's right. If we take the simple example of a, a second-hand car, mm-hmm. well, the lender will know from their book value, as they call it, um, what the expected value of a car with that sort of kilometres on it and that age is going to be worth. And if the uh, the client is paying too much, right? Well, then the deal, the uh, sorry, the lender won't finance it. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I suppose that leads us. You know, we've talked about a couple of different um, varieties of equipment, etc. That leads us to an understanding of what are some of the kind of things that can be financed. Now we've talked about cars, and cars would be the most common thing that gets financed. Yeah. Yeah. Every every business. Uh, owner in Australia probably has a car and it's probably a finance vehicle because you don't want to be using your working capital Mm. for purchasing a car where you can actually finance that. And then if you've got spare cash, if you're in that lucky position, well, you're probably better off paying it off your home loan. Right. And and that's the thing, you know, for a business owner, it is about being smart with your your cash that you have Mm. and spending it on the right thing. So financing it is a great way to be able to make it so that it's on your essentially your profit and loss, not on your balance sheet, so to speak. Yeah, these days it's a bit different because uh, most of the because of the GST implications, most clients are opting for the chattel mortgage. Right. Um, which the client and the their accountant are, are the ones that come up with which product to take. Yeah. Because everybody's position is different, but yeah, you know, majority of um, leasing. There I go. <laughs> asset, asset financing. Finance. I've been advised it's asset financing, Andrew. It is, correct. Asset, I've just seen if you're listening. Yeah, yeah good. Asset finance uh, deals that we do uh, are basically chattel mortgage and, and that's because the, the goods are owned by the, the company buying them or the client buying them um, and therefore it's it, they'd be able to claim the GST back in right. the, the next BAS return. Okay, so, so when you've got a chattel mortgage, let's say it's a... $55,000 car you're financing. Yeah. So what you're saying is you get the GST back in the next BAS statement, so you're getting five grand back 
That's correct. Yeah. So it's, oh, cool. So yeah. essentially, it's the the you're only so, but you're fully financing the fifty five. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. And, and and this is the thing because you and I were talking about this, and there's a few looks on faces going, yeah, no, that's right. This is a tricky area when it comes to finances, and I think it's important, as you said before, it's it's up to the individual and their accountant to to work out what's going to be the best for their business. Um, so, listeners, it's important to notice that uh, this is not to be construed as financial advice. So we're not giving advice in any shape, manner, or form. But please make sure you consult your financial advisor for any further details. Asterisk, not a real guarantee, um, <laughs> you know, because this is this is purely for information and entertainment only, not actual advice. Because every situation is different. That's right. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we, we were starting to talk about the kind of stuff that can be leased. So we've got cars, great. Um, Aeroplanes we talked about. So what other things have you been leasing for some of your clients? Uh, well, all those what they call yellow goods, the, the, um, the diggers and bulldozers. And oh, those right. Yes, yes, yes. So Grace. anything anything that's a Tonka, sort of looks like a Tonka toy, but full size. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, yep, and we've uh, done some printers, a T-shirt printer, a what they call a substrate printer, which prints promotional uh, products. Right. Um, there's extraction fans and stuff like that, <laughs> uh, stuff that I've, I, I don't even know how it works, but... We've, but you financed it. Yes, that's right. All right. So essentially, we can finance pretty much anything. If you have an asset that your business needs, uh, tangible or intangible, you're talking about some of the software that you can finance as well. Because yep. some of the big corporate software is really quite expensive. Oh, yes. We, we've recently financed a piece of software that actually runs three separate machines for a cabinet maker. Right. Uh, that was $43,000. So wow. we're not talking about office or... Yeah, yeah. It's not like a couple hundred bucks. Thanks no. very much. Okay. Um, and, and as we're saying, you know, forty-three grand to come up with that, for a lot of businesses, that would be hard. Yeah. But to be able to finance it is really quite, um, quite doable. And the savings that they're going to get from the productivity that provides them yeah. is, is going to more than pay for the actual cost yeah. of the... Yeah, yeah, great. Because you know, forty-three grand. You're probably talking about, you know, that's two thirds of the cost of an actual employee. So that's sort of how you can you can justify that kind of mm. expense if you're running that kind of business. And I think, you know, people are talking about how do we do things smarter and not harder, and sometimes using technology and some of the equipment and some of the assets that you can finance as a way of getting there. So, all right, let's say there's a listener out there who's thinking. Oh, I like the sound of what they're talking about. Yeah. I'd like to finance something. So, what are the what are the things that you need to do to be able to finance? Well, it it is very much dependent on what's being financed, right? And the client, what we call the client profile. So, if for example, if the client has been in business with an ABN uh, and registered for GST for more than two years. Mm-hmm. They've got a clean credit history. By clean, we mean no late payments, no defaults. Mm-hmm. They have uh, their name on a title to a property, so they own a house. Mm-hmm. Um, then usually there are lenders there that will allow uh, what we call a no-doc lend for a purchase of a vehicle uh, up to $100,000 or even more. Right. Uh, and and that would be basically approved just on those okay. criteria. But then when we get to the more specific products, uh, sorry, more specific assets that people want to finance, like Mm -hmm. uh, let's say a printer, well then, yeah, we'll need some financials. 
Um, but we don't need tax returns. We just need the financials for the last two years. Right. And uh, we, we can... So, so essentially, if you're looking to get finance, at the very least, have your financials in order. So yep. both your business and personal finances need to be up to date. Yep. Um, and so that you can uh, just essentially get your ducks in a row. So as you're presenting it to the financiers, that they can then sort of go, yep, we like where this is heading. That's right. Well, if you want the best rate, mm. that's, that's the way to go because no lender is going to like uh, a client that's not prepared. Mm. And I guess getting your tax returns in order is, is one of those things. That yeah, you yeah. Um, interesting you said if you want the best rate. So are there, are there things that are going to help people get a lower rate? Like, for example, if they've been in business longer or if they're more profitable or if they've got um, their financials in order versus they're a bit messy? Well, as a broker, we have access to a number of lenders. Right. And the more information that we've got at our fingertips, uh, the better options we have. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the lenders that have the higher rates will ha- don't need so much information. Right. To get the better rates, you've got to go to the, the other lenders and they want more information. Yeah, okay. So it's... Almost, you could call it rate for risk. Yeah, yeah, and look, and that makes sense. You know, yeah. people say, "Hey, we'll give you money, but if you want it easy, you got to pay for the privilege, so you're paying a higher rate." Right. Okay, so um, obviously, you need to get your financials in order. Um, the, the, one of the other things you were talking about before is, you know, uh, what are the best types of leases? So, what types are out there? What are the differences, and why would you choose one over the other? Well, again, let's make sure everyone knows that uh, their accountant uh, would be the best person to help them choose the right product. Right. Um, Chattel mortgage is the usual one these days, and that's because uh, you can get the GST back Mm -hmm. straight away, apart from some other benefits. Then there's uh, a rental lease. Basically, you don't own the goods. You rent them. It usually applies at a higher rate. Uh, It's usually for items that are not readily identifiable such as uh let's say tables and chairs for a restaurant or something like that right and the lender's taking a um punt on the client Mm -hmm. and so it's the strength of the client that gets that deal across the line if you like right then at the end of the term they might come to an agreement and the client could buy those goods uh, depending on the goods, they might buy them for a dollar or they might buy them for market value. Okay. Um, yeah, and higher purchase used to be one of those things, but now uh, the government made made the um, GST payable on all the payments, so that's not usually... Uh, okay, it's not as popular as it used to yeah. be. Okay. What about um, you see, particularly when it comes to computer software, there's uh, rent-to-buy kind of options. You see at some of the retailers, they'll have a, um, rent smart or some other finances do that kind of stuff. What sort of finance is that? That's, that'd be a uh, rental-type situation. Right. So you're basically renting the goods. Yep. And then at the end, you have the option. You, you may have the You've option. You've either got to, to hand it. it back or buy it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, um, but in, the, in essence, for that one, is you don't actually own the product; you're actually just renting it, yes. um, and so consequently, you don't get any of the GST benefits of it yep. that you do for ch- for chattel mortgage. That's correct. Excellent. All right. Um, so, it just and, and just hearing those different types of mortgages, obviously, it's a bit of a minefield. So, having an expert to help guide you through it's got to be a good thing. 
That's right. Um, so now you talked before about uh, having clear credit histories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've seen on all the, you know, news shows about, you know, oh, I didn't pay my, my phone bill and now my credit history is blacklisted, et cetera, et cetera. I, personally, I don't know what my credit history is. How does someone know what they, whether they've got a good or a bad credit history? Well, we can actually f- get you a copy of your report. Okay. Uh, you can actually get one yourself via the My Credit File uh, mm-hmm. website. But uh, I think that cost is a lot more than what we're charging. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if, if someone wants to know, you know, it's part of the process of trying to get their, their, their assets financed, you can get a version of your credit history with you. Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, now, what about if, because, you know, we've been talking mainly about business items. What if they want to mm-hmm. finance personal stuff, like the boat, as we said before? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just assuming that was personal. I don't know many boats who'd, who'd uh, finance, maybe fishing charter boats or something might be for business. But... Um, what about um, for for private use? Is that is that harder to to finance? It actually is a lot harder to finance items for personal use, and that's because they fall under the National Consumer Credit Protection Act. Right. So there's legislation around the requirements. Yep. Uh, whereas when we're talking for business purposes, it's it's a lot easier because um, there's, I guess, a degree of commercial reality that a business owner should know mm-hmm. what they're getting into. Right, right. Okay, so for private, there's a whole lot more protection. Uh, basically, the government's assuming that the, the consumer is a little bit stupid. And, and you know, I think, look, it's fair to say they're, they're sort of there. Maybe stupid is the wrong word. They're assuming that the consumer is not fully aware of, of their rights and obligations. So there's a, more, a deeper layer of protection there, yeah? Yes, that's that's essentially that's it. It's to protect the consumer from right. getting into debt that they can't afford. Right. And because of that, there's a lot of uh, uh, requirements both mm-hmm. on the lender and the and the finance broker. Yeah. And we've got to make sure that the client can actually afford that without any yeah. hardship. But but it is still possible. You've just got a few go through a few extra steps to make it yes. happen. Yeah. Great. So if people w- really want that boat, you can make it work for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I, the other thing when it comes to, you know, we've talked about the finances and the different forms of finance and that it is complicated. So how do you compare? Like, how do you compare um, different costs? Because sometimes it'll, look be, it'll be the same product, it'll cost the same amount, yet the finance seems wildly different. What are the different elements that we need to consider? That's a great question, Warwick, because this is what I come across all the time and when I if I'm first to quote if someone's shopping me around if you like if I'm first to quote uh, the client often comes back and says well you're you're much more expensive than the dealer and I say okay well what was the term okay 60 months all right so we're on the same term what was the balloon or the residual payment and that's usually the one that that right the difference yeah but interest rate doesn't really come into it so it's the the term, the balloon, or the residual, and uh, and the and to find out the repayment and mm-hmm. the amount financed, of course. Sorry, yep, the yep. amount financed. And if those, we've got to make sure we compare apples with apples to make sure that we we are making the right decisions. So, yep. uh, if one of those numbers is different, mm-hmm. then it's not a straight comparison. Them. Yeah, okay. that's right. 
Okay. So those things were the term, which is the duration of the loan. And typically that's measured in months, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah. Um, months, the amount you're financing, the balloon amount, uh, and then the, the rate that you may be applying. Um, now, you, now, you said that the rate doesn't really count. Just to explain to me what you mean by that. Well, because as we mentioned before, with the, with the balloon, you're paying interest over the, the whole amount financed. Right. And then the balloon comes into it, and, but you're only paying payments on uh, principal payments off the um, um the the balance of the loan yeah yeah it, it's yeah the rate doesn't really matter because if you can if you have all the the same variables and come out with that payment type uh, payment amount sorry right that's the thing you need to compare okay so in the end of the day because we're doing a a monthly finance payment what we're trying to do is look at what's essentially the lowest amount per month that you're paying to get the best deal Okay, cool. Um, while, while taking into account, you know, is there a significant balloon payment? Because uh, would you find that um, some of the financiers will manipulate, for example, the balloon payment to try and look at something that looks like a better offer, but in reality it's not? Absolutely. I mean, b- balloon payments are there to help uh, help make it affordable, but also if we take a car, for example, if you're going to have that car for four years, uh, you usually would take out your lease for four years. Oh, sorry, there I go again. Your your finance. Your finance for four years, and your balloon would usually um, try and match the expected trade-in value. Yes. So that you could trade in the car, pay out that uh, that finance, and then purchase another one and start again. Yeah. So uh, it's not uncommon for car dealers, really, um, when you get put into that office to talk to the business manager and all his job is really to get you in their finance package. Mm -hmm. It's not uncommon for them to adjust the balloon to better a price that you might already say. So you might actually tell them that your payments that you've been quoted are $700 a month. Well, they'll make sure that their payments that they quote you are 650. Yeah. You think you're getting a better deal, but the reality is I've quoted without a balloon and he's yep. quoting with you know, a, a $10,000 balloon or something. So at the end of the finance period, you end up actually owing money still, yep. whereas with yours, you might not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, as you and I were talking earlier, what you said was not all comparisons are equal. And I think that's something that's important to consider. Yeah. So um, uh, if someone is interested in, in, in financing, basically what you're saying is that they need to make sure that they've got all their ducks in a row, all their finances sorted, that they're spoken with maybe uh, yourself and their, their accountant and financial advisor around what is the best kind of lease for their circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're making sure that their credit history looks nice and clear um, and uh, that their their purpose, they're really clear on what they want this for in terms of is it private, is it, is it business, um, and that when they do shop around the market, as you would expect people to do, because in this day and age, you want to make sure you're getting the right deal, um, that you are doing the right comparisons. So what would be the next steps? If someone wanted to um, look at getting a lease, how could they get in touch with you, or what would be the next thing that they should do? Well, they could call me on 0417-512-306. What's that number again? 0417-512-306. Fantastic. Or... Check out our website, which is morebanks.com.au. That's M-O-R-B-A-N-X.com.au. There's more information there. Cool. 
Um, now, a lot of people naturally, when they're searching for f- asset financing and the word that they'll be using is leasing, yeah. they'll jump in onto the internet and they'll go, oh, let's have a look at a lease calculator. How Are they accurate, are the ones that you see across the internet? A lot of the financial institutions have got them. Uh, are they accurate or are they, they really need a bit of advice to be padded around them? Well, I guess um, they're accurate in terms of what information you put in. And some of them for the the lenders might, if a lender's got a, an admin fee that they add to each payment, they'll have that already right. added in. So, um, and also, what I try um, encourage my clients to do is to to actually finance any establishment costs and have what we call payments in arrears. Right. That, that doesn't mean you're going to be behind in your payments. It just means usually in an asset finance uh, deal, you have to make a payment. On day one, mm-hmm. but what I do is make it in arrears, so you actually make it in thirty days' time, and therefore you don't have to pay anything out of your pocket for a month. Okay, so it just means that you're 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 paying at the end of the month, not the start of the month. That's correct. And so what that does that that will add a few dollars, not much, mm. to your monthly payment. Right, but it just enables you to not have to pay anything; just delay it for a month. That's that right. first payment. Yeah. So you get that car without having to pay for it for the first month. Woohoo! All right. Um, okay, so if you have any further questions about leasing or asset finance, as we know that it's called, regardless of your asset category, and pretty much you can finance most assets, yeah? Yes, most identifiable assets. Most identifiable. Don't come to us with those imaginary assets. That's we right. need the identifiable <laughs> assets. So if you've got any further questions on financing uh, any of your identifiable assets, please get in touch with Andrew at Morebanks. So it's morebanks with an au. Get in touch with him there and um, he will happily answer any of your questions. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on Get More Success today. Thanks, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and we hope you can get more success. 